Hi, and welcome to all the wonderful listeners of the Comeback Nation podcast. I'd like to welcome you to another episode and to another very interesting guest that we have on. And today's guest is Hira Ali. She is the Chief Executive Officer of Advancing Your Potential. She's also the Managing Director of International Women Empowerment Events. She's the co-founder of the online women in leadership programs called Career Excel. And last but not least, she is also the co-founder of the Diversity and Inclusion Organization, the Gray Area. So she has got a lot going on there. Um, she's a multifaceted career coach, an associate certified coach. Uh, she's accredited by the International Coach Federation. And she's also a professional member of the Association for Neurolinguistic Programming. Her widely acclaimed leadership and coaching articles have been published across a variety of leading outlets, including the International Coach Federation, the HuffPost, Thrive Global, Women at Forbes, Elevate Network, Entrepreneur, Women Entrepreneur, Gulf News, The Female Lead, and many, many more. Her career development podcast, Eight Minutes of Learning with Hira Ali, has also been featured in the HuffPost as one of the top 100 rising podcasts with guests. You can find out more about Hira by going to advancingyourpotential.com and you can also follow her on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram or Facebook. She has the same name across all those. So let's just give a warm and hearty welcome to Hira today to our podcast lots there just so amazing um here a welcome thank you so much and oh my god that clap i am so excited <laughs> to be here. i suddenly feel very very happy and excited and motivated yeah. thank you for that amazing welcome yeah i mean you do so much there in the space of careers for women and also dni dni is also a huge passion for me as well as is career coaching. So it's just, it's great to have you on, to be honest, and a huge welcome to you. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, you have an interesting story because yours is one of, you know, huge change, travel and experiencing life and career in different cultural contexts, which I think people can underestimate. You know, it can be really challenging to move from one country to another because, you know, the culture has a huge impact on how you approach career and business and just generally from the perspective of building new relationships again and connections. So you definitely have to have a lot of resilience, I think, to be able to switch cultural contexts and, and still thrive in all of them. Oh, thank you. Yes. So that is true. Actually, you definitely need to be very resilient if you have to start your business, not just once, but twice from scratch yeah. in, in two different regions completely. And I think I've been there, done that. And I think the stage that we're now going in right now, it's also time of perhaps starting, start doing business in a different way because we have to reinvent yeah. ourselves. So it's like, you know, all over again, I've been thrust into this um, in, in this place, in this at this alarmingly escalating pace in literally a matter of few weeks where I have to revisit my business ideas and all that I've been doing right now. Been in a coach and you know, with everything cancelled in the foreseeable future, mm. in the think of getting everything online and how to reinvent the business or how to do business differently. So I think it's just that oh I mean literally it's funny and I'm laughing, but from 
sometimes it's not, uh, sometimes obviously it does get discouraging, but I think we just have to hold up and continue trying because literally this, when I entered this year and I was like, wow, things have finally sorted, my business mm. is doing well. I think it's coming. you what was coming. I had no idea, literally. Uh, and especially March was amazing because it was International Women's Day and I'm usually very excited every year in this month because this would I'd written so many articles. I was being published at so many places. I had so many different interviews at different places and talks and conferences in the future months. And I had my own event on the 4th of March. This was less than like a month ago in which I did my book anniversary celebration. And in the beginning, I was just looking and, and I was like, oh my God, literally within 24 days, the whole world has changed. Everything has cancelled. Everything <laughs> Absolutely. And sometimes when you're in, when, when you're sort of facing additional pressure, you mentioned reinvention and yeah. pressure can really make way for you to reinvent. And actually reinvention is just going to have to become the norm for business. Research shows that 40% of the products and services that organizations have made today that have made them successful need to be put aside to make way for new ideas and solutions. So that's 40% of whatever you're doing today that has made you successful, you're going to have to to move that to, to another side to make way for something new, something that's different, something that's more creative, and essentially something that is going to make you more competitive in today's market. So reinvention is going to have to just be the norm of how we how we do things, how we do business, right? Um, and luckily for me, um, I was in Dubai first. Initially, I was in Pakistan and I was working there, and then when I moved to Dubai. I started my own business and that's when I had to start my business from scratch and develop, uh, you know, a whole new business model, get new clients. And I think everything was going really well after some time because, as you know, the way was tax-free and uh, people knew me. I wasn't very popular, but, you know, I had reoccurring clients, so everything was really good. Uh, but then I moved to London and then London was, again, very different because it was, I mean, I knew nobody in London at all, like literally 3.5 years ago when I moved here. Uh, so that meant establishing your brand name from scratch. And I did a lot of hard work to finally get my name established and, you know, get things rolling. And this year I felt, okay, good. You know what? You know, this is amazing. I'm doing well. And then suddenly we find ourselves in the midst of this crisis. And you're like, oh, nope, I have to do something again too. Yeah. So yeah, I guess it's challenging. I think I was also telling you this last time that literally this is something very small that I had like, because I'm a writer, I write a lot, right? So I had written about 10, 12 different articles on different things. Like, you know, there was this uh, inequality payday coming up. There was this day for racial d- uh, discrimination. And of course, lots and lots of articles for International Women's Day. And then everything just got thrust aside because people were like, you know what? We now need more information on COVID. Yeah. Um, it was articles on that. So I literally spent the last week hours and hours just writing fresh material mm, on new things which people would find challenging and even though I was very disappointed and I was like what and I was like well you know what I think somewhere down the line these articles might be used or even if they're not used I could use some part of it to kind of you know redesign them and and make them more suitable and more relevant for for, for, for the crisis that we're now facing yeah so it, was, it was tough but you're right absolutely I think most of us would have to do that. I mean, for me, it was just writing, to be honest. People have had to you know, rethink the way they're offering products and services, and it involves millions and millions of um, dollars and pounds. So it's, mm. yeah, and I think resilience is something which is really, really going to be very, very important 
especially in the upcoming months. I think it is so, so important to be able to bounce back, to be able to start from scratch, to be able to know that, yes, you know, it's a bad time. Things have happened. It's, it's, it's not going to be the same as uh, before. We have to accept that. And that acceptance will take time because we have to understand that obviously we're not robots, we're not machines. We can't really just turn off the buttons and switch off and say, well, you know what, let's just switch to this mode. It can't happen. It, it will take time. And I often encourage this and I tell people this, that, you know, I am a very positive person. I'm generally seen as a very positive person, my family and friends. And, you know, yesterday I just had a very bad day and I was like, you know, what's going on? Yeah. So I had a meltdown and, and I was thinking that these feelings are very natural. I think this is something which we really have to acknowledge. And I also have seen one more thing. Yeah. That of course there are people who are facing different sorts of problems, right? So some people, obviously, their, their issues and their challenges are much more severe, right? Because they are key workers working on the front line and, you know, they're putting their lives at risk. They're, they have literally been isolated from their families and it's, it's really bad for them. And they're you know, these daily wage workers who don't have, um, you know, they don't have enough stock, they don't have food, they don't have adequate uh, things at home. So they obviously, for them, it's a different sort of worry. And then there are people, of course, with who are really vulnerable or weak or with low immunity. Mm. So of course, there are lots of different people who with, with, with problems on different scale. And then there are like, you know, regular people like us, of course, the small businesses who all have to reinvent themselves and see, what they can do in order to sustain or thrive in the next few months. But, but thankfully, we, I think we still have um, you know, food and water and internet connection and laptop. We can still do meetings and we're still connected virtually with people. But then again, a lot of people are suffering from depression because they feel, oh my God, we're socially isolated because humans are social creatures. And when we are isolated, yeah. no matter how small your problem is, and even if it's that, oh, I'm getting bored. For some people, even that might be a huge thing, to be honest, because everybody has a different tolerance level. And I feel it's really important right now not to dismiss anybody's challenges and say, oh, well, you know what? Well, be thankful. At least you have this. And I, and I know a lot of people say that, which is, which is fine. I acknowledge that too. But I just feel that it's important to acknowledge that everybody across the globe, no matter how big or small the problem is, is going through a challenging time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you, you, you really highlighted a critical point, which is that we don't minimize anyone's struggle or anything anyone's dealing with because everyone's different, right? For some people working and, you know, going out and about and being busy and getting things done is a, a way that they, you know, maybe keep their mind off difficult things or it's the way they stay energized or whatnot. And not being able to do that can be a huge challenge to their mental health and their physical health. I see a lot of people, I think it's just that because we're going through such a crisis, so everybody finds their own coping mechanisms. So people yeah. would like to say, well, and then of course there are people with children who are homeschooling and then there are people with, with who don't have children um, yeah. or who are completely isolated all by themselves um, and that's a different challenge so like every other person I feel has a unique challenge yeah uh, or, her, or whatever you know people are facing so it's just I think mental health problems emerge when we try and undermine our issues in comparison to other people's issues and we say oh well you know well that's not a big deal but but perhaps for you it is a big deal so yes you have your coping mechanisms and you try to be grateful and positives and do all these good things but do acknowledge that you know if you're going through a challenging time it's absolutely fine and your problem is is might not be as significant but for you it might be really big so important so important I think compassion 
is essentially what we need to have. And that, that's what comes to mind as, as you're speaking there, that word compassion. But on that note of, of challenges, it would, you know, we'd love to hear about you know, uh, your own experiences with setbacks, failures or challenges in your business. Yes. So I think my biggest challenge was to be able to cater to a completely new audience when nobody really knew me. Mm. And I think that was, that was, of course, difficult because even in Dubai, I, I didn't really, I, I did have a few contacts, but it was a new market for me. So to be able to start from scratch and to be able to tell people that, you know what, I'm good. And obviously people wouldn't know until they've invited you or called you over and they've, they have tested your services. But then how do I get them to test my services? It's, yeah. going it's a vicious cycle. Yes. Exactly. So, and I think obviously in Dubai, it was even more, in London, sorry, it was even more difficult because it was a very, it was a very competitive, I wouldn't say saturated, but a very, very competitive market. Because, mm. you know, you so many coaches, you see so many trainers, you see so many leaders. So I think the first few years, I literally spent time establishing my brand and I was doing a lot of pro bono stuff. I was writing, I was speaking, and it was a lot of hard work without any money. And I have no shame in confessing this, that obviously in the first two years, I was literally not getting anything, to be honest, because at that time, I was just so busy building my brand and building my name. And that often meant that I was working you know, a lot, a lot, 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 but without any money in return or without anything specific in return. And I think 2019 is the first year when I properly started getting returns on my business. And I think it's very difficult to be able to self-motivate yourself when there's nothing and you're not getting anything at all in terms of finances, but you just keep on going and going. And you said, no, well, you know, I have to do this. I wrote a book, I developed a training program. And, and I was in that creation stage. And I think that's where you really need to self-motivate yourself because yeah. you're not selling anything, you're creating things, you're building things. And of course, then you have your own personal challenges. I think 2018 was a very, very challenging year for me. For six months, I stopped working because on a personal level, uh, it was a terrible year for me. You know, there was a death in my family. My, my father-in-law passed away. He was visiting us. My mother was really sick. There were some business problems back home. Mm-hmm. A huge crisis in my personal life. So which meant that I had to delay my book because my book was initially going to be launched in 2018. Yeah. October. My online program was also going to be launched in, in October 2018. But because of those six terrible months that I went through, it was, it was really bad. It was very hard. I had to literally stop everything. And then, of course, the book launch and the launch of my program and a lot of other projects did happen to launch in 2019. And 2019 was full on for me because I launched one project after another. But during the six months that I stopped working, it was, it was really tough because, uh, you know, there were times when I really didn't want to get back to work and I didn't want to continue anything because you know, I was just, I felt so pressured from all ends. Then 2019, again, was challenging for a bit because... I fell sick for three months and I had the severe case of bronchospasm. I had coughing, coughing, coughing for three months without proper diagnosis. And I know if if, if it would happen at this point, I would probably be very freaked out. But this happened in last year, July, from July to September, October for three months. And then finally they they discovered that this probably asthma and I was an inhaler. So health-wise, it was very challenging for me. And as a speaker and as a coach, and of, of course it was very challenging because every time I used to go, I used to cough and it wasn't really, yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, I would be very self-conscious uh, because I love speaking, I couldn't, but I couldn't really do it for a long time. And so that was, again, another challenge in 2019. So I think every year in the past couple of years, 
there has been some sort of challenging thrown away. And I think 2019 is all about, of course, COVID so far. So 2020, I mean. So obviously, it's just like every year, you know, you have a new set of challenges thrown in your way. And I know a lot of people see the, all the success I got because I did get a lot of publicity in terms of being published in, in lots yeah. and lots and lots of media outlets. And I got some amazing reviews from from for my book particularly i was published in the news i got a letter from the mayor 2018 if i if you would have told me that the book was would do so well i would be like really because i had cancelled my book launch and by at that time by the way there were no book reviewers because i got time and because the book launch was delayed i was like well might as well reach out to some influencers so i did (laughs) and because the book launch was delayed and it happened in february 2019 instead of october 2018 and during that time, I got a lot of amazing reviews from global influencers. And I think that really changed the game. And looking back, I was like, oh my God, this was a blessing in disguise. So sometimes I think whatever challenges and problems we're facing at that time, they seem really tough, really difficult. And you're like, what's going on? You know, this is probably something which I won't be able to sustain. But I personally feel that whatever the problem is, I mean, you will sustain it. These things will get better. And who knows, it might actually even be a hidden blessing for you. So I have noticed that all the challenges that I faced have somehow been a blessing for me later on in some way or another, which I didn't realize. And even right now, like, you know, the whole crisis that we're going through, so many people are already pointing out the positive things that are going to come out of this. Yes, it's going to be very difficult. You know, life is going to be changed. It's not really the same, but there will be so much more positive things coming out from this whole global crisis that we're now facing. Yeah, there usually is a, a sort of hidden blessing in the challenge. We can't always see it at the time, but we definitely kind of see it once you come out of it and we reflect and we look at what happened, you know, and where we are now. Definitely. Yes. And I think, I think it's just important to know that challenges are good. For, I, I literally say this. I say failures and challenges and problems are actually good for your health. <laughs> like vitamins you know they, they make you stronger because i mean if you wouldn't have any problems or challenges in your life then it would just probably be very boring right and and you would learn a lot i think it's just through challenges and and you know the crisis that we face in our lives that we become stronger and you know that's that's what shapes our personality a hundred percent and and you spoke about sort of leaving Dubai and then having to come to London and almost re-establishing yourself in both environments, gaining credibility, building relationships, having to do that across both cultural contexts. I'm just curious, how was Dubai different to London? In what ways were the two different? Yes, so Dubai was different. Okay, so frankly, if I can say this, firstly, it paid very well. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a bad distinction. (laughs) It was tax-free and I had absolutely, I mean, I think it was really funny, but the first basic challenge I faced was when I was having coffee with a business friend here in London. She's like, well, did you keep the receipt? And I was like, what would I do that for? She said, well, you know what? Everything, all the business expenses need to go in for your taxes. Yeah. I was like, what? Because there was nothing like this in Dubai. Yeah. So obviously keeping track of that was, was in itself a huge challenge because there's nothing like that in Dubai. And I think the organizations, I, I feel relatively it wasn't still, it was a tough market, but relatively there still weren't as many coaches or NLP practitioners four years ago. I think it was still a new concept to have like an ISAF coach or an NLP practitioner or trainer, trainer 
uh, coming to your organization and doing trainings. To be honest, I think really not. It was difficult too at that time too. But I think the advantage which I did have was that I did have a lot of HR friends in Pakistan who I knew in Dubai. Mm. So that was there was a common connection. But I think culturally, what was different was that, you know, Dubai is comprises of 85% expats, right? So a, a lot of people I was training did include people from different parts of the world, particularly British people. Mm. So a lot of people were the same. But of course, I think in UK, you obviously get a lot of opportunities to be able to to do things for absolutely free. Dubai in that sense wasn't, you know, I mean, you had to pay for everything. Everything was really expensive. Yeah. So you have yeah. a lot of have development opportunities here, networking opportunities here, events here, which you can absolutely attend for free, which is amazing. And I was like totally, totally really impressed when I came to London. And I was like, wow, really? Is this for yeah. free? People are charging anything in the There are yeah. a lot of great free resources here, absolutely. Yeah. So you have to pay a lot. So, and I think doing business was hard in both regions, but it was, there were different problems in both regions. In Dubai, the issues were different. In London, the issues were different. So it was kind of, yeah, I think the culture and, and even the people, even the people were different, right? So, I mean, in Dubai, for example, when I wrote the book, and if I talk about the Middle Eastern women, right? So, and then there aren't a lot of minorities there in UAE and the Middle East. And obviously the minorities would be, I would say, the women. And that's where you have to talk a lot about women leadership and women equality but then again the challenges which women face for there are very different because their challenges are more external as compared to the challenges which women face here and here it's more internal so like every talk that I've delivered here people talk about internal challenges more like every time I do a live poll imposter syndrome inability to self-promote confidence issues that come right at the top and if I would do the same poll in Dubai the top challenges would be of course lack of infrastructure misogyny harassment and, and all these things. So of course, culturally also the problems are sort of different. But yes, more or less globally, what was holding women back was, was more or less the same across the globe, irrespective of the background and the culture. Wow, that is very, very interesting. I mean, for, for you personally, what would be those three key sort of tactics or principles you'd share for not just women, but people in business and career when they experience those major setbacks and failures or disappointments? So I think uh, first of all, very, very, very important, as we all know, is to find ways to be positive and grateful. Um, and I, I and I say this a lot in all my leadership trainings, that gratitude is that one habit can, which can really make a difference in your daily life. It's such a powerful weapon against heartbreak, against stress. Um, and I strongly recommend, you know, starting gratitude journals if you don't have any. Uh, and even if you wake up every day counting these blessings, acknowledging just one positive thing, the less obvious blessings, right? Because obviously when we wake up, we take it for granted and we'll go to the kitchen, we'll have breakfast, we'll have coffee, we'll have tea, we'll have internet connections. So these are all like basic things which we often ignore. These are very, we, people don't take this for granted, but for a lot of people out there, these are like amazing things. Like, you know, they would, they would do anything to get these things. So I think it's really important to to reframe your whole perspective about about the situation that you're currently going in and say that, yes, I know it's a problem. You know, I'm going through a problem. It's a challenging time, but there has to be something which which I'm positive about, which I'm grateful about, whether it's family, whether it's, you know, a roof over my head, whether it's, you know, just having basic necessities in my life. Because I feel that negative feelings, they really suck your energy and they set up this 
self-perpetuating cycle of disappointment, worry, and regret. Positivity is is really important because I personally feel, especially so after I, you know, I did my whole NLP certification and became a NLP practitioner, I feel the mm-hmm. brain is such an important part. So if you feed your brain with positive thoughts, right, and if you feed your brain with with happy thoughts, that's exactly what's going to reflect. That's exactly how you're going to feel. Right. So you can either wake up being happy and content with whatever the situation is at that time without complaining. I mean, yes, you have the right to complain. Of course, everybody does. But just focus on the positive more than the negative. I think that is just such a good way to kind of let go of any stress or worry. Then I personally feel the second thing is other than being positive and grateful is always always to be adaptable and seek new ways to learn. Because once you're open to change, I think you open yourself to so many different avenues. If you're very rigid, it's like, you know, who moved my cheese, right? We've all read that book. <laughs> yeah. The mice like, oh, you know, there are two mice just sitting over there and saying like, you know, I'm not going to move anyway. Who's moved my cheese? So if you keep on thinking that, you know, what has happened? Why is this? Things are not going to happen on your own. So you will have to take steps. Take time to grieve. Take time to feel bad. It's absolutely normal. This is very, very normal. Don't dismiss your feelings. You know, wallow in despair. I highly encourage that. <laughs> but then get up and get going and find new ways. Find new ways to do business. Find new ways in which you can make a difference. So be adaptable. Be flexible. Right? And uh, at the same time, be positive. And if you test something, if it's not working, then test another thing. I mean, you just have to keep on testing until it just works. And then, of course, I think the third thing is that uh, people are are really scared of failures, right? The reason why people get so dejected is that they feel that, oh, my God, you know, now I have this problem and now I have this challenge. So I don't want to risk anything again in future. I don't want to try anything again in future because I'm going to fail again. And guess what? You know what? I probably will. But that's all right because, you know, million dollar businesses fail. I mean, you know, literally, they're, they're, they're athletes who are doing so well in their life and they're amazing. Sometimes they, they miss goals, don't they, right? So yeah. nobody, perfect. nobody has it perfect at all. So I would just say that, you know, reframe the concept of failure. You know, see the failure as an opportunity to learn, right? Because at this point, nobody really knows what's the outcome. No one has it figured out, especially at this current scenario as we are right now right? Nobody has it figured out. People are still <laughs> trying to recollect themselves. Uh, and in fact, you're trying is admirable. So, but do realize that, you know, it's, you know, the past is behind us. We, we can't really dwell on what was very good and what was amazing in the past because that's over now. But we can really make a difference in the future. So acknowledge that and look forward to that. Brilliant. So find ways to be positive and grateful. Perhaps get a gratitude journal, count your blessings. Number two was be adaptable and be willing to learn new ways of doing things. And three was don't be afraid of failure, confront it head on. Brilliant. Thank you so much for that, Hero. There's actually a book I wanted to recommend to everyone. And because business is global, careers are global as well. And I think it's so important we understand how to work in different global contexts. And there's a book called The Culture Map by Erin Mayer. And she talks about the importance of adaptability. Hero touched upon this as well. And but also the importance of listening and understanding different cultural perceptions of things such as time as well and how different cultures build trust so in different cultures trust is built in different ways and she talks about the importance of understanding that and being sensitive to that 
But I mean, it's been great hearing about your rich story here uh, from your experiences in Dubai and here and the different challenges you face and just generally your journey. 2018 was a tough year for you, but it sounds like you really did take that adaptable approach and things ended up working out pretty well. So that's really great here. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so much. It was it was really nice being here and I loved having this um, talk with you. This heart-to-heart conversation was wonderful. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being honest as well, because the reality is, is that no journey is plain sailing or perfect. And I think it's important that we are honest about the challenges we face along the way so that we can use what we've learned in those challenges to help somebody else overcome theirs. So thank you. And just before I leave, I wanted to share my usual quote that I always give to our listeners. And today's one is short and sweet, and it's by Samuel Johnson. And it's great works are performed not by strength, but by perseverance. So until next time, take care, everyone. Bye.